Welcome to Pats Uncovered, the podcast where I get to chat to people about their career journeys and how they got to where they are today. For our first episode, we've got the absolutely amazing Shona Bang, who is a product marketing manager in the mixed reality team at Microsoft. Shona's also created from scratch the community of humans of IT, which currently has over 13,000 members globally and has also done a tremendous amount of work in the tech for good space. I got to chat to her today about how she actually started her career off um, and the influences and the kind of support and sponsorship of people that have led to such a successful career. So with that, let's dive straight in. Okay, cool. So I'd like to welcome Shona Bang. I'm really hoping that I've now pronounced that correctly. As soon as I said it, I'm questioning myself. But Shona is like one of my favorite people and I met her at Ignite about two years ago now. And we've just still stayed in touch. So hello, how are we doing? Hi, thanks for having me on the call or the podcast, shall I say. (laughs) Um, It's It's pronounced Shauna, but I'll let it pass. It depends on which region in the world you're from. Like, (laughs) there's two interpretations, (laughs) but all good. Okay, great. This is great for me it's just the fact that like every person I've met with the like generic like anywhere close to that name like they've got their own way and I'm like <laughs> okay we can do this right yeah exactly I like it. build your own brand it works really well <laughs> yeah and we met at Ignite but time flies oh my goodness it feels like forever ago and I can't even recall like how we first got connected was it through Twitter or something like you were doing some women in like tech coding thing right and I was looking for volunteers and somehow we got acquainted I believe it was through Twitter but I don't know for sure it's genuinely how I've made like most of my friendships in tech I think at this stage which is like such a cliche to talk about it's like yeah Twitter that's where friends but like it genuinely is just a wondrous place to be in the little tech bubble that we have going but I think yeah it was that and then we actually met in person um in Orlando and oh god what a great week which feels like it was two months ago has been like two years with the whole lockdown everything (laughs) right like it's hard to keep track of the days and weeks and months anymore but you know it's like memories like that you never forget it so you know even though it's been a while it still feels pretty fresh in my mind like I still remember you coming to the back (laughs) like rummaging for the jacket that was hilarious seeing you wear the jacket I'm like was tempted to go find my own like literally me and my mom both have the same jackets now because like you gave me an extra one and I was like in math times I'm like this is great mom is like a supporter of humans of IT it's amazing And you even brought it back for your co your coworker. Um, yeah, in so women co- our organizers all have it now. And it's like, we'll run across the stream, we'll see each other. We're like, hey, that's, I recognize that. I'm like, oh, it's a person. I gave them the jacket. Of course I do. But and that's how we yeah. all know we're part of this community, right? It's like a symbol, almost. <laughs> that's the whole point, right? Everyone in class, the whole place, it works. Especially with things like this now, where we can actually still see each other, even though we're so, so far apart. It still works. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. So I love. Let's dive in. So what are you currently up to? I know you're still in Seattle and a little bit stuck in the lockdown. How is life going for you? <laughs> it's going, you know, like we're safe at home, but yes, we are um, on a lockdown here till July at the earliest. So the last time I ever set foot in the office was probably January. And that was like right before I went to the Ignite tour in Sydney. That was in February, if you remember. And then we had to like rush home before the borders closed. So Sydney was the last Ignite tour we did. And 
the whole the rest of the tour got cancelled as you know and yeah. yeah so we have not seen other humans since so it's, it's been great that we have technology to still connect us it's and really, really again, so and it's so great to see like everyone actually taking the challenge up and we're like let's just make everything that we can like with the word like make the most of it it's been great to see it but yeah god i miss that and i miss i'm so sad that i didn't get to go to sydney because we could have caught up one other time before everything shut yeah. down like yeah <laughs> I think that I have to say the Sydney one it was a ton of fun um but yeah you know timing right like how do we we can't ever predict any of this but I'm so glad we still managed to pull through and have ignite last November and now we're having it again in March so it's like it's, it's always time for ignite I'm like go 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 there is no ending to these things anymore <laughs> never and then MVP summit's coming up so there's that too Okay, great. Shona and I are just making me think about the next four months. And I'm like, my calendar is getting filled up with things. I'm like, which are all really exciting, but also I'm just like, oh, the fatigue already is kicking in. You can't plan like more than a week in advance these days, not in pandemic time. No, really. And I think it's also just people will be like, oh, do you want to do this thing? It'll be in like so many months, like Ignite or like MVP, like MVP something. They're like, oh, it'll be in like March. I'm like, Psh, put it in. Like, it'll be fine we'll get to it when we do and then you get to that week and it's like you've said yes to like a hundred different things like yeah. months and it goes you're like oh no I played myself didn't I like I've done this to myself I've literally no one else to blame now because I've made my own life just you. I'm like well great like everything's really enjoyable it's just then you hate yourself because you're like well why did I just shove it all in in the same time but no, yeah. cool. And I know you've just started a new role. Do you want to talk to us about that? I did. So after running the Humans of IT community, which I built from scratch, you know, like three years ago, I finally moved over to the Mixed Reality Business Applications um, group. So it's part of the Dynamics 365 org. And so, yeah, it's been three months on the new team. So joining a new team in the midst of a pandemic is, as you can imagine, every bit as challenging. <laughs> I have not met any of my new team members in person, so everything has been virtual. Um, but, you know, it's just been great that we have technology still to remain connected. There's tons of resources to ramp up. So it's, it's nice because I didn't have any mixed reality background going into this role, right? Like I came from M365 and prior to that, I worked in crisis PR. So this is a very new area for me. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because other people are also coming along with me on that learning journey, learning all we can about mixed reality. It's like such a new piece of technology and there's just so much to uncover. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for me and for everyone else who's also on the path to kind of like figure out a way together. No, I love that. And I think that's kind of why I was like, yes, oh my God, she's gonna be perfect for like talking about these kind of things because most of these kind of things, they seem so, so cool, but also so far to get to, right? Mixed reality right. or like HoloLens or even data science, which is kind of where this all started. I'm like, it always just seemed like a thing that like people did, but like people who are really smart and like did PhDs do. I'm like, how am I meant to do that? Like, I don't know. But then I keep hearing people who ran like they've just kind of got there and they're like, yeah, no, it's actually fine because once you just do it, it's just by hearing those stories, I think makes such a big difference sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting because for innovative technologies, it's not like you can have 10 years experience. Like this literally did not exist like 10 years ago. Right. So you can build up that knowledge or get like a degree in mixed reality at the time. So that's the benefit of joining an era that's new and upcoming because everyone's learning at the same time. Like it's never too late to join in. Right. And so I would 
tell people as long as you have the passion to learn, if you're interested and curious, like you can definitely find a path into it. So it's kind of like you, right? Making, you know, your career path in data science. Like, did you think you would be doing this like 10 years ago? Like probably not. <laughs> Two years ago. And I'd still be like laughing at someone telling me that I'd be here making a tech podcast about my life in data science. Like what a <laughs> joke to me back then. I was like, ah, no, <laughs> that was not the life. I mean, every year I think in my life, I was like, no, I'm going to do this next year. And I'm like, never gotten according to what I thought I would imagine for myself, which it's a blessing in disguise because I'm like very happy to where it's gotten and it's kind of just going with the flow. And yeah, there is a genuine fear with going the flow sometimes or like, where will this go? Because you don't really know what the end is right? (laughs) somewhere, right? Might be great, might be terrible, but it'll be a journey and it'll be fine. (laughs) And I always tell myself, like, no matter the experience, you will have learned from that path. And if you never tried, you would never know what it was like being in that career path. So you literally have nothing to lose by trying out a a new area. Exactly. Especially in this where people like, I mean, there is no such thing as like being too late for something either anymore. It's like, even if you did spend like, because I still hear that like oh like a friend I was talking to recently and she's like oh like I've done this but I don't really know if this is what I actually want to do I think it might change but like it's so late like I mean I don't want to. I'm like you're 25 like this is not <laughs> like what is going on like you've got so much ahead of you that like this is just a part of it and like we're slowly starting to step away from that thinking of yeah hey this is what I'm going to do therefore I'll do it for the next 40 years I just don't have that anymore it's just really liberating like my mom's going back to do a master's this year yeah. Like, fair play to the woman, but I'm like, I could never. Well, I'm like, <laughs> don't say never. I'll check I'll in with you in 20 years. years. <laughs> you might be applying for your doctorate at that point. <laughs> just like, um, you you study, I will support. That's as much as I can do. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's just nice because in tech, there's just so many paths. Like, you shouldn't, like, nobody should ever box himself in to feel like, if I start in this area, I can't try something else. I think we're seeing, you know, the lines between different technologies blurring, right? There's crossovers between power platform and mixed reality, like business apps and HoloLens. There's just so many intersections where, you know, it doesn't matter which path you start on. Like there are ways for us to eventually collaborate, try new things, keep growing. And that cross collaboration mindset is what helps us build better technology. So I'm all for it. I mean, the way, especially with the world's going, where everything's connected to everything, the globalization. I mean, if this doesn't happen, mm-hmm. kind of just stuck in a corner and not doing anything. So it's working out really, really well, I think, in that sense. And I mean, talking about globalization. So you grew up in Singapore, right? Yeah, I did. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to me a bit about that. Like, how was school? <laughs> like, was was Microsoft kind of a goal that you were working towards? Or did that happen as you went through college? What, how, what happened? <laughs> That is so funny. So yes, I was born and raised in Singapore. So your corner of the world, pretty close, right? To Australia. Um, No, I never thought that I would be working overseas. Like growing up, it was just, you know, everybody just went to school, got a job, you know, like got married, settled down, like live close to your family, not move, you know, on the other side of the world. Um, I, I, (laughs) It's actually funny because when I graduated, my dream job at the time was to become a flight attendant so that I could travel the world and meet like a ton of people. So, you know, like not many people know this, but I actually did go for an interview with Singapore Airlines and I actually passed the the test. Right. But then my parents said that I couldn't do it. 
because they didn't want me to be like away from them all the time. And it's a really rigorous schedule. You don't get to pick your flight times. You know, if you get you know, scheduled for a route, you just have to go. Um, but you know, like it was nice when you're in your twenties and just trying to figure out like, what do I want to do with my life? Right. Um, I went to college and I majored in business law and marketing. So it's very too, you know, left brain, right brain. I like the very, um, precise side of things in, in business law, where you learn about rules, you learn about like ethics and like compliance and all that kind of thing. And I balance that with my creative side of, of marketing. So I try to always infuse the two together. Um, as I mentioned to you, like in Singapore, you know, banking is like the biggest industry. It's just like Hong Kong, right? Where, you know, if you could get into a major bank, like you've made it. So that was where a lot of people would aspire to go. And that's where I did all my internships. I, I did an internship with Standard Chartered Bank. Um, and then I went to work in one called um, Kimming Securities, which is now under Maybank. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. like I thought that was it. Like I thought banking was just such a cool place to be in just because of the people that were surrounding me. A lot of my friends at business school, they went off to work in banks, right? And so I never really considered a path in technology, but I, you know, lucky for me, my dad worked in tech for a really long time. And he just told me to think about like, do you want to work in an area that uses tech or do you want to create tech that everybody else in all other industries would use? And I just thought, you know, that made perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't we be ahead of the curve and influence what other people use? And so that really influenced me to maybe try it out. And so yeah, I found the Microsoft College a graduate program. So in Singapore, there's something called the intern to mock. So it was called the Microsoft Academy of College Hires. And you would have to do like an internship before they assess if you were like suitable to eventually get like a full-time role. I think a lot of companies now have that. So that was my first entry into it. And I started off on the licensing marketing team, not the most exciting. <laughs> most people want to start with like the really fun and exciting. So I got put in licensing marketing, which is, you know, if you could get licensing right at that time, like that's pretty something. Yeah. And I was in the Asia Pacific team. So I would have to localize it for different markets. And, you know, back in the time, this was pre like subscription days, right? This is when people had to buy like evergreen licenses or, you know, like time bound licenses. And then we had to figure all that out and like communicate the complexities of that. And so that was my first foray. And I thought, wow, like Microsoft was such a big organization. There's so many departments, like literally any role you wanted, we probably have it. And so <laughs> from there, um, I moved on to work in the communications team where I worked on citizenship. So that was something that was up and coming at the time. This was sometime around 2013. And, you know, corporate citizenship was something that was really important to the company. And we partnered with local charitable organizations. We talked about like software donations and things like that. So that was kind of my first foray into like the comms side of things and working, you know, like tech for good initiative but i didn't think too much of it at the time because you know like i didn't expect that would be like a full-fledged role eventually but as you know with humans of it like all that eventually comes back into play um and so that i did that in my final year of college and so i basically never left the company so when i graduated i was offered a full-time job and i started as a technical account manager in singapore and so I worked with clients to do a deployment, you know, really understanding from the ground up. 
And I was fortunate because I didn't have a computer science background or anything, but the hiring manager at the time pretty much told me like, you know, you can learn technology any, anytime, but the attitude you bring and the skills, your energy and your passion for customers, like that's something that's a lot harder to train. And so he took a shot and, and gave me that chance. So I was the only one on the team that wasn't like traditionally from tech. Most of my coworkers at the time had like 15, 20 years experience just working in the tech space. And so it's like having a lot of like big brothers and big sisters that would guide me along that path. And I remember my first week on that job as a technical account manager, I was assigned like engineers who would like sit with me in a room for like four hours and give me like a full brain dump. Like this is how server migration works. This is how like, yeah, building a cloud or like virtualizing a cloud works. And I'm like so grateful for all those, you know, time that people spent sharing their expertise with me. And, you know, this is something I always bear in mind, like how do we give back to other people who are coming behind us, right? And sharing these knowledge and expertise that we gain along the way. Like nobody gains this overnight. Like you have to put the time and effort to really go learn. And if you don't know the answers, know where to go find help. And don't be shy about asking for help. I think this is probably one of the biggest things we talked about, right? Like people should feel empowered to go ask for help, you know, get their questions answered. And there's no such thing as a silly question. Like, honestly, like no matter where you are in the journey, like we're all learning. Even the person that you ask will also learn from this. And so, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> Talk like, about the deep dive. And <laughs> you said, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, did that. Yeah. Like when you mentioned the flight, I'm like, I remember being like, I can't remember how old I was now, like flying my first flight. I'm like, they're so glamorous. Like, that's what I want to be when I grow up too. I'm like, it's just such a thing. And we're like, of course I do. Why would I not? But it's so yeah. interesting to hear, like, and I think a lot of people now that I know anyway, at least that I've seen, like, end up going through, like, I'd like this, but then I want this, and then I want to try this. And you just try so many things and you kind of start falling into like, oh, maybe it's this direction I want to actually end up in, which seems yeah. to be where like Microsoft kind of started happening for you. Right. And then you never know how your previous experiences eventually help you in the role that you need to get to. Right. And so, you know, like, so that's where I was going with this one, where I was a technical account manager dealing with technical crisis. So like we have critical situations we deal with, with clients. And so one day I went over to the U.S., for, you know, just trading, met a lady who looked like just any other person and just having casual chat. And she said, hey, so like, what's your like career direction? Like, what do you want to do? And I didn't know at the time, but she was like the GM of the comms department. <laughs> it was a women at Microsoft Summit. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, I've been, I've lived and grown up and, you know, worked in Singapore my whole life. I would like to work at Quark. So moving over to written, and that, that was my dream. Like I just wanted to work in a global level and be able to do things on a much bigger scale. And she said, cool, actually I have open requisitions. Like I'll have my admin send it to you. And literally on the flight home, like by the time I got back to Singapore, they, they had scheduled the interview <laughs> for this role in crisis PR, which at the time I had no background on like formal comp training. Like, yes, I am trained in like marketing and business law, but not like crisis PR per se. And I, I asked her, I said, but I have no crisis PR experience. And she said, you've handled technical crisis in your tech, your TAM role. Like you can do this one. And I was like, uh, okay. So I tried 
and you know and she took a chance on me so it's a lot about finding sponsors or people who just see the potential in you right and are willing to really grow you in that aspect and so by the time I got back did an interview fully like over I think it was Skype at the time or link yeah and <laughs> I know this was pretty <laughs> period I know it's like mind-blowing <laughs> but yeah and so she they they literally just offered me the job like by the time I got back and so I had to tell it to my manager in Singapore and that was around the same time that he had just given me a promotion so he he was about to tell me he was like I have something to tell you and I said I have something to tell you <laughs> what a you great day. like being really good for the career but like I mean what a day it, I, it's just everything like lined up perfectly right and so yes I did tell him he was shocked but super happy for me because I've been telling him like that was my goal for like the past three years and so you know it was nice that everything finally lined up and yeah so three months later because it's such an urgent role I got my visa I packed my bag I had two suitcases that was all I brought with me from my life in Singapore and then I moved over to the U.S. where I knew essentially nobody <laughs> that was scary um, so I mean like again it, like from what I'm here it was always going to be a big lot like it was a big dream to get to Redmond like so you knew you wanted that yeah. was there ever a hesitation of like actually making that move because like, I know, like, when I ended up moving to Australia, I was like, well, I think I'm gonna, I'm moving home to family, but I'm also literally leaving behind everything I know and just moving to yeah. the other side of the world. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the same thing that you're experiencing. Like, you don't know what you're going into, and it's so far away, right? Literally, uh, like, Singapore and US are, like, opposite ends of the globe, but yeah. I think what helps is, you know, I was still young at the time, so it's kind of like, I'm just going to do this. Like, you know, like what's the worst that could happen? Like if I hate it, then sure, I'll go back. But, you know, I don't know until I try. And yeah. so, you know, like that feeling of just knowing that all you have is two suitcases to move over and starting your life from scratch. Literally, when I landed, I had to stay in an Airbnb for two months till I found like my place. <laughs> Yeah. And the day I landed, I had to like get all, you know, you know how it is in the US where you have to like establish your credit. You have to like go oh, sign for an apartment. And literally the day I landed, I had to go like look at apartments and like sign up for all that stuff, like get bank accounts started. I didn't have, oh, well, I have a Singapore driver's license, but we drive on the other side of the road in Singapore. And so I couldn't drive here. And I was really thankful because my GM, like she pretty much like forced me. She said, you cannot move around Redmond without a car. <laughs> this is not like Singapore. We don't have like transit, like, you know, train stops that take you everywhere. And so I got my license. She loaned me her car to practice. So, you know, having, again, having people who really watch over you and help you, it's such, it's such a critical thing. So I would highly recommend if you're in a position to give back to people and help them adjust, especially immigrants, please extend your support and help. You know, like there's nothing better than finding like a friendly face that you can go to if you need help. And so I always remember the first few friends that I met, you know, when I moved over, like we're still really close today, but they were the people who would offer to like meet up, like show me around and things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Was that your experience too when you moved to Australia? I think it was a weird time because we just, I just graduated. So every, like everyone was starting a new job. So everyone was kind of same, doing the yeah. same thing, but it was just on the other side of the world with the complete opposite time zones. And it was a case of like, yeah. 
they'd be kind of going to bed when I'd be going to work and I'd be like oh my god this happened at work yesterday because they were my they were still my support network of like I don't know who to talk to here because I hadn't really made friends here and I'd moved essentially because my parents lived here and they were like hey we'd love to have you back home for a little bit because they moved out of Ireland I was kind of living alone in Ireland and I was like wow and I kind of I make this like an analogy sometimes where I'm like well when you go to school it's like okay here are 30 kids find your friends find the ones you like stick to them enjoy and then it's like college and okay like it's a big enough course but like here's about a thousand people you can figure out your ways here you move to a city and it's five million people you're like enjoy you're like help where do Uh, I start not really how it works it's absolutely terrifying and like yeah I remember um kind of even just going into the office I remember our office admin like Erin she was so excited to have me I think I like she told me like a while like months later she's like really excited to have someone with like an Irish accent because she really wanted to know what that was going to be like <laughs> and I sit across from her and we'll chat and they'll be like she couldn't under actually understand me and that was just <laughs> she was super excited to have that and then literally that'd be like saying something to her and I'll just see like a glazed over look of she's like what do you say <laughs> and I'll just like I'll just I'll start again and like it was so interesting to see that like she'd made her like I mean her and like other people around the office they made the effort to be like oh look we're gonna do this stick around I'll introduce you a few and that means so much when you have absolutely no one to start with like just that little connections here and there and you're like oh I think I can see like I mean for the first three months I was like I'm going back like there's no way I'm gonna stick it out here like I am moving back to Dublin where I know and everyone there Ireland's such a small place I'm like I'll just I need to be home for a little bit and then (laughs) So, I mean, then you just kind of find your little place in the groove and yeah. community. That's kind of where it happened for me. So, like, obviously, yes, I made a few friends at work, but ended up getting out into the community. And I was like, oh, wait, no, there are more people here. And, like, I started finding other people. So I found Rachel, who had actually also just moved from Brisbane. So it was a new city for her, too. And the mm-hmm. two of us kicked off Women Who Code then. And, like, we worked together for Women Who Code. And then we made more friends through Women Who Code. And now I've got, like, a whole support network just, just in Melbourne, yeah. and then Twitter and which meant it's a global network now so mm-hmm. it's absolutely crazy to see how quickly it can change but that fear at the start my god just try and stick it out for at least six months I swear things do change and you start yeah. finding your old grooves but it's yeah it's super hard like I think I mean it's it's not like the movies right where you know they show up the airport everything's glitzy and glamorous so they're like oh you know this is my new life it is not like that not like, like Emily <laughs> Paris I'm sorry it was great to watch as like an escapism yeah. thing over like lockdown but at the same time I'm like not real there's no way you just moved to Paris and made French friends like the day because you sat in a park like that is not how it works at no. all <laughs> adults right it's harder too like when you're adults like finding true friends in school you're like always lumped together so you kind of like have no choice but now you have to intentionally make those connections so yes I think we definitely need to you know correct the 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 perception that moving is super easy it's not but it's worth it if you do spend the time to invest in relationships so exactly it's a great way of actually like tidying that little bit up I think it works really and then like you mentioned the whole moving is great like especially if you're moving for a job mm-hmm. it works especially when the job you've moved to has those people that you can actually gel with like I mean your GM that you said she went so out of her way to have that trust oh, in yeah. you and actually help you set herself in like I had this I mean so yeah I started I mean came with literally I was like hey I don't know tech I don't know how to code don't really know anything I've done little tiny bits here and there 
kind of yeah. know some maths like that literally I said that in my interview and our lead <laughs> data this here like Rob really was just like it's fine like you, you've done maths you can learn like I mean you'll be fine you'll pick up things as you go and it, it's shocking like I mean the same way where you're saying like they did a brain dump when like they took you in like someone sat down I remember and this is someone who's been in the industry for years like obviously experts in what they do and they're like SQL have you heard of that and I was like nope couldn't tell you what that is <laughs> tell me more and he's like okay so a database stores data like that's where we started at like I mean that's the level we started in that conference yeah. room and like he did all the drawings of everything that you could think of and now like here two years later I'm like okay yeah of course why would I not know that like I don't exactly how to move these things around and it's just slowly it's just the fact that people put the time in to help mm-hmm. makes such a difference yeah well and I really treasure these people who are able to explain like complex concepts into really easy to understand ways you know because there's two people in tech right there's the people who care and they teach you like in everyday people's terms which are you know the best way to talk to our customers too and then there's the other group who try to use all the acronyms and like the newfangled stuff and you know basically make tech like inaccessible for people and so i always try to remember that we need to be in the first group of people we need to demystify technology so that everybody feels like they can be a part of this no matter what your background was like if you're passionate about tech like you should absolutely try for it and to your point about how you know you said you didn't understand sql going in like you know, a lot of people look at the the job description where they say like, oh, you need like a master's preferred, like you need like da da da, like ten years experience and so on. Like, it's not true. Like once you get in there, if you can learn it, like those things, that's like a wish list. But you don't have to hit like all of them. Like if you think you could do something really well, just try and apply anyway. Like you have zero chance if you don't apply, right? Would you say exactly. that? I mean, it was what um, a friend of mine, like one of my best friends, like in fourth year of college when I'm obviously going through like final year, like, like all the interviews and stuff. And I remember it was like, oh my God, look at this job. And just like, and like we became, like this became a mantra. I was like, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Like there's yeah. no chance of it, right? I mean, like it just genuinely became a thing and we constantly keep saying it to each other. And I, I remember talking to her about this job which was super sad because the two of us were house hunting together. And I was like, Neil, I think, um, I might be doing an interview here I'm so sorry <laughs> like it was an awful call to have but at the same time she's like it sounds unbelievably great like they're willing to teach you everything do it and I'm like I appreciate but also ha- what no like I, what no <laughs> but that it just makes that kind of like you do have to take that shot like I didn't know anything and now I do and like even looking at now like if I was to ever look at job applications when people come through and they're like what about this I'm like could do maybe 50% but like hey the last two years have taught me I can learn literally anything I can get my hands on to right I'm like it'll get there might take me time don't know how long but we'll get there at some stage yeah. that it, all happened because you applied and you took the chance right and so you know that's how life pans out you just have to keep trying you have to keep pushing yeah the amount of oh, like it's especially I think it's a really big thing at women in code um and I miss the in-person events mostly just because of this part where we'll meet people and they're like yeah I've been looking for jobs but like I've only like I've been lo- like applying for certain ones I'm like why like what what's your criteria for applying it's like oh like I was just making sure like I'd match up the things I'm like no oh my god no fine like <laughs> yeah we're applying to every possible like people want people in data end of story like they will teach you what they want they just want someone who can work beside them for eight hours a day and they're comfortable with them like 
everything yeah. else can be taught like that is fine um, so it's interesting hearing like different people's perspectives and I'm like please just just do it <laughs> just <laughs> take just but you literally have nothing to lose exactly so do you do you do that a lot when you see other like women say like you know I'm interested in a data science career do you just tell them like just do it like I don't care if you're not the data nerd just try like we can learn it together it was so great and I think a few people are like I mean I've like been in like a mentoring position like which is a super cool place to be and I'm like oh my god this is what works for me like let's see what might help you like it's weird doing that like having been what like two plus like a little bit over two years in the industry and I'm like there's definitely that whole thing at the start where I'm like you want me to be a mentor like what like I don't know like what am I, what can I tell you and then I'm like wait no like there's been a few like, I've picked up a few things I was like constantly trying to tell yourself like no you can share more things back um and there was actually a friend who has now become a friend who reached out and she's like hey I saw like I think she's like I was Twitter or like women who code or something hey I saw you and like it's so bizarre you said you did actuarial science I did actuarial science too and I'm doing a master's and I'm looking to get into data science like it's the same path I'm like that is wild like I mean of course like yes let's chat like it's the same path like let's talk, talk more about it yeah um, it's I think yeah it's just it's such a like small world at the end of the day that people don't like tech community especially I think for Melbourne I'm not too sure like I mean Seattle with it being the big tech place and everything but the tech community in Melbourne can be so so small where you make a little bit of an effort and it will be appreciated by the people who notice it straight away yeah I mean community is a multiplier right like eventually there'll be people who say oh I know so and so and then like let me connect so and so and then like magic just happens from there and so it spirals so quickly and I think yes I was saying this where I mean my first Ignite I remember I can't remember if you were in that like conversation but definitely remember Jess being there and it was kind of a joke but I was like I don't care what I have to do I think it was when we're in like the Universal Studios I was like I don't care what I have to do I will be back here next year and I will be back as a speaker and we were all kind of joking and laughing about that right and I was like oh like it takes time like you have to get to an MVP first and all like and then you have to submit and it's like really competitive I remember like, it was like just saying it now it's gonna happen like it was kind of a joke at the, like at, yeah in the evening we're all joking and then literally cut to like eight months later and I get an email from you being like hey connecting you to this person who might like you might be doing this I'm like oh my god if I just say things will they just happen like is this actually a thing yeah. it's a law of attraction think good thoughts and they all come to you exactly <laughs> yes Shona probably heard it and this is happening finally but like it the power I can't talk enough about the power of community which I think brings me into like humans of IT like tell me how that actually started off because like, I've been part of humans of IT but I never actually yeah. heard how you actually got it going and stuff yeah so after my crisis PR role which I did and learned a lot. Give maybe give like a TLDR of what humans of IT is as well for the people who might not have heard and we might yeah. get more people joined up so this is good. Right okay so before humans of IT like in the role I did after crisis PR I actually got told about this role that was called women in tech and I was like uh women in tech marketing like what is that like I don't want to just like market to women in tech like we are whole people not just by our gender and so I essentially that was the same team that Anna was and you know Anna too yeah, yeah. so Anna runs community and she was like oh you know I think this is a great new area where we can explore how to bring you know diversity into our tech conferences which are typically 90 percent white men and so you know we we it's a problem we have to fix it and so I I took that JD as it was published and went to talk to hiring manager and said like um 
I want to talk about diversity in a holistic manner, not just your gender. I want to explore how we are as full human beings, like all our unique experiences, our lived experiences. How do we bring that into what we do? Because we're not just tech either. Like you are more than data science. I'm more than mixed reality right now. Like we're everyday people with hobbies. You know, we love cooking or gardening or whatever it is. Like these passions inform like the things we do. It creates the lens at which we look at life or we look at things happening around us. Like, how do we embrace that and bring in people's unique perspectives into the work they do? And so it started off as diversity and tech, where we just focus on the baseline of just having more, you know, people of diverse backgrounds coming to our um, conferences. And then eventually that evolved into humans of IT where we talk about the whole person beyond just buckets of categories that we use to sit into. And so I was amazed because I didn't think it would take off as quickly as it did, but you know, like just starting off on it, like people started mailing in or like con connecting with me saying like, oh my gosh, this is what like our society has needed for such a long time. Like just a safe space for people to share the fullness of who they are, how they got into tech, you know, the challenges that they experienced when they got to tech, right? Like life is never rosy. Like if you look at people's Instagram profiles, real life is not like that. <laughs> and you're <laughs> laughing, but it's true, right? And so what we wanted to do at Humans of IT is to show the good, bad, and the ugly, like the whole journey, like things that people share have been super personal. Like, you know, someone talked about how, you know, they grew up as a child of deaf parents. Like, why are they passionate about technology? They want to use technology to help build accessibility so that everybody can benefit. Or, you know, there's um, one of our uh, power platform uh, people have also shared about how, you know, she was a single mom and then looking for a job and then power apps made it so accessible for citizen developers who don't have any formal tech background to get into the space and start developing apps. So it's like it creates a whole new ecosystem for people and really levels the playing field. So no matter what your background is, like if you are passionate, you can absolutely find a career that you love in tech. So that was the premise of it. And it has just taken a life of its own, pretty much. You saw at Ignite, like people were crying at some of these like deeply personal sessions, talking about mental health, ADHD, anxieties, and things like that. So yeah, it was great. Oh, I can't say enough good things about humans of IT. Like I remember being in that room and the people, um, I think it was, do you remember Uefa um, from Algeria? I remember meeting her and I mean, I just think it's amazing what she's done. So she is a Microsoft RD, a regional director in Algeria, like a country that's not really well known for having women in positions of power. Yeah. And she is just making such strides in like getting AI and ML out there in the world in Algeria. And I remember meeting her, I think it was like the last day that she had the panel. And I kind of just went up and was like, hey, you were absolutely amazing. And I think I burst into tears. She's like, why are you crying? And we I'm all like, did. we all did. I don't even know she's kind of gave me a honey she's like stop crying and I'm like I know I don't I can't actually tell you why I'm in tears here couldn't tell you why but like it was amazing what you're doing like it genuinely is changing so many lives and I think every time I talk about Ignite yeah it was a great place to be it was amazing I got to go to Orlando it was amazing I got to see all these new products but like the highlight of the people I got to meet like we still have I still have you. I still chat to you like in a group chat. We've got that still going. Yeah, and it's accountability group, right? And that's just like going the whole time. We're there for each other. It's like someone hold me accountable to doing this. But it's just, yeah, like people are 
people tend to forget that tech is built by people and not machines. And there is such a perception times where like, if you actually open it up, everything I've ever had in the last two years, any successes I've had are based on people, not on the things I've actually been able to create using the tech. So that part of it, I think is just so, so important. And like Humans of IT really does highlight that. It's like, hey, cool, I'm doing all these great things, but let's talk more about the rest of it and why and who it's gonna help. It's just, uh, can't say yeah. enough good And then the multiply too, and it's, it's nice you mentioned OAFA. So I actually met her through the Tech Women Program. So it's a nonprofit organization. I think it's the sister organization to, I think, was it? They have like a scholarship fund to support yeah. women who are doing amazing projects around the world, typically emerging countries or economies and just helping bridge the STEM gap. So Fatima, I don't know if you met her, Fatima Benhamida. Yeah. Well, she's a new office apps and services MVP as well, but she she's a professor like she teaches people that is her job. And, you know, like just the work they're doing to influence the young minds and inspire more women to pursue careers in tech is just amazing. And she recently moved to Paris. So now she's taking all her knowledge and like expertise and connections over to France. And like there's the cross pollination there where she's helping her home country of Algeria, too and doing her work in France. So, you know, it's it's just amazing. Like the things we can do when we look at people in their entirety, like their experiences and their skills and the connections they have, like it, it is limitless, like what we can do when we all come together. Exactly, I think, which was kind of what, like, I mean, I say this kind of about a lot of different things of like why I wanted to do this, but this is a key point of like, actually I'm like, hey, people can have really bizarre career histories of like they've done, like I know there's people who've done archaeology and ended up doing data science and like there's things that lead into everything like everything can be taught and, like and it's really just about highlighting it's like hey everything is a learning experience in someone's life even if you have never seen it or if you've come from a technical background you've got a completely different back like idea of what it should look like I'm trying to keep that mind frame a little bit more open in terms of everyone but just belongs they'll bring something yeah. to the table like no matter what it is there'll be something there Right. And if you're in tech, it's your duty to create that safe space for people to feel like they can belong no matter where they come from. One of my favorite stories is Denise Pyle, who is also in our group, former Catholic nun, right? And bartender that eventually like works in tech now. She's an ethics and um, compliance specialist, I believe. And it's just amazing. Like, you know, we all come from such different paths, but it makes this place such a beautiful place to be because no two people have the same life story. Exactly. And I think, I mean, I'm hoping people can hear the random, like, even as we're chatting, we're like, oh my God, have you heard of this person who's done this? And like, these, this is literally how a lot of things work. I mean, yes, some people are like, oh, like, you just need networks. And like, everyone's just going from networks. But like, that, that's a reason for it. Like, you build out your relationships and those do pay themselves forward at some stage, whether that be you learning something from them or whether it opening other doors for you, mm-hmm. make those get into the community like oh my god put yourself out there right like volunteer to write a blog so people can know your story and you just don't know where those opportunities might take you who knows the MVP team might be like oh this person interesting (laughs) I remember um it's so wild to think back about it now and I think it was my first conference and I mean the way I got into speaking is wild like someone at work was like hey I just need someone to speak for 10 minutes like at my thing I do like yeah grant speak and he's like it just has to be data like he told me the week before and I'm like ah I don't know anything about data <laughs> me having worked for like six months in the data world I'm like oh, psh, what am I meant to talk about and it was just kind of a force and I'm like 
look back at it and I'm like I can't believe Martin's making me do this like why are you putting me in this position but also very glad that he forced me into this position because it's gone so much after I remember I did that I did maybe one other meetup that I spoke at and then I was somehow speaking in Perth on a conference like in a different city and I'm like what is going on like excuse me and yeah. I remember like I don't know if you've met Michelle um she Michelle Sanford in Perth so she's at Microsoft oh, in Perth yeah I have heard of her she's yeah, got, yeah. She, oh absolutely amazing, amazing human being who've kind of like I knew from a little bit from Twitter which feels like every person I seem to just know a all little friends, bit all your friends on Twitter <laughs> but she so I think she was her session was on right after mine and because it was like my first big thing I was like at lunch so I was on right after lunch I remember and at lunchtime we were meant to be doing our tech checks and stuff so I was like I'm just gonna it was a 20 minute preso so I was like I'll just really quickly go through and I was like it was an empty room and I think Michelle was just sitting there I thought she was just sitting there for some quiet and peace I'm not gonna lie didn't realize <laughs> she was on right after me and was actually waiting for me to just get off so she could test her, t- oh, wow. like her tech stuff but I remember like so she listened to my whole presentation like me just kind of practicing to myself in a way like in front of an empty room just with Michelle in it and I was very thankful for her at the end being like she's like no that first time things like that have made sense to me and I was like oh my god like like excuse me but (laughs) right after like a couple of days later she messaged me on Twitter and was like hey um just a heads up I was chatting to someone in the MVP team and they've heard of you and you're on their lookout if something comes through don't be a weird person about it and don't be like someone who thinks they're not don't deserve it take the chance you've got this like you deserve to have this but no wait what (laughs) what I just I did one present what (laughs) like this makes no sense like I've done one presentation and it's just timing in place of like Michelle having it was such a wild experience and then cut to less than a year later and I'm like oh my god I'm actually putting my MVP submission together like this makes it just kind of happens and you're like wow I'm so glad that Martin forced me to do this 10 minute thing about data conversation and like those people are so so valuable in your life where they're there just looking out for you because someone's done that for them and now it's me turning around being like hey you're gonna do the women who go presentation tonight because you do like I've no one else to do it you're gonna do it and it's just trying to give that back and it's such a nice feeling to be able to be in that position of hey here's a platform go like make the most of it like do what you can with it yeah I actually have seen that a lot these days when it comes to like speaker submissions where like a really well-known speaker would be like hey you know I can think of three other people who are new faces and you should absolutely give them airtime and I just think that's such a great initiative where you pull in other people and you share that spotlight right that's really using your influence but let's share it like make the most of what we can do with this right like oh it's just so great to see it like especially in those kind of things I've seen that on Twitter and I'm like where, like I think it's like the last one I remember was like Donna she's like well I've got my space you can take mine I was like it means so much to see that like one person does it and like it just kind of caters through right like it's such a domino effect in that sense right. but um oh my god I don't know what we were talking about before this but I love the tactics <laughs> always just go on like too much goodness like where do we start yeah um I think well I'm gonna ask this question to everyone anyway but favorite thing in tech at the moment for you what would it be if you had to think of something favorite thing in tech I would say it's really the awareness of people realizing how important inclusion and accessibility is like if you asked me this five years ago we are not at the stage that we are today where people are truly passionate I've seen people 
who do accessibility user groups, like totally out of their day job. They do it just because they're passionate or they know a loved one who would benefit from things like that. And so, you know, that that's one of the most amazing things to me, the passion of the people, like just driving grassroots initiatives. That is my favorite thing ever, because I think those principles really undergird like what tech really is. We need a solid foundation where we are building things for good and we're using our tech superpowers to really change the world. So community for sure and inclusion yeah. and accessibility, all that goodness. <laughs> tech superpowers are like such a, it really is just such a strong place to be in in terms of like everything you can actually make from it and like that you can give back to the community. So let's just do a very quick TLDR of everything we've kind of talked about, which is going to be super hard as we talk, but in terms of like, even like looking back over your career. So we started in Singapore and then see, see, let me see if I got this right. If I've actually been paying attention. It's almost like a test for myself, right? Um, did the Singapore airlines, which I think is actually super, super cool. And I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> like that's such a fine job. Did the interview. Yes. Which was quite an experience in itself. It's like a two day affair. <laughs> what I mean, that, it's just, I mean, even the fact that that was a thing, I'm like, amazing. I love this. Um, and then we did banking for a bit, like the internships and stuff, where it pivoted from using, and I love this when you said that, your dad said that, of, do you want to use the tech or be the creator of the tech for the other people yeah. and getting ahead of the curve? And then working at, you started straight into Microsoft then, right? Like through the internship, yeah. more internships. Like, oh, the power of internships is just, I think, so underestimated sometimes. Or, like, you really get to try it so many different things. And... Yes. Okay. So technical account managers did all of the brain dump, getting into like really gearing up into tech really, really quickly. Did I don't think? I mean, this kind of comes down to the right place, right timing a little bit. Where the whole yeah. crisis PR management, which I think is so cool, like it's just it's so many different jumps and paths. But it all worked out. Yeah. It works out, everything and then the happens move, for a reason. Yeah. Everything does, and then the whole grand move to the other side. Of like, I mean, oh, I'm so glad that we talked about that as well, because it's just not enough people talk about the other end of the move where it's like it is not an easy thing to do no. exactly and then now and then the humans of it and i'm so glad they're doing all the great stuff and then we're talking about mixed reality like okay actually before we go could you tldr of mixed reality and i like, really really quick which i know is like super impossibly hard at times but like yeah. if you have to explain it to like a, explain it like i'm five kind of a thing it's just a one quick little snippet yeah, so I work on a mixed red biz app team. So we're like the solutions that power the HoloLens device, you know, as, as one of the endpoints. So we're uh, remote assistance available on mobile. So you could do it on your phone or you could use it on the HoloLens and go hands free. But it's basically a tool that lets you collaborate with remote experts, right? So if you're on the factory floor, for example, there's a really specialized equipment that you need help with, but you can't get the expert in. You can just um, start a remote assist session where they could help you. And this actually is my favorite thing about this app because when the pandemic happened, a lot of doctors and medical professionals actually benefited from it because we can minimize exposure, right? Not having a whole team have to go in, one person could go in and then everyone else can see what the doctor is seeing. They can do live annotations. They can get all the critical information they need. And so, you know, we are at the tip of the iceberg as to what mixed reality can do. And so I highly encourage everyone, if, especially in the healthcare space, if you're interested in how mixed reality is transforming healthcare, we have an event coming up on February 9th. It's the 24 hour holographic surgery. Go to aka.ms slash 24H. Um, 
it's just doctors and nurses showing how they use MR to do surgeries, to help people, um, and have remote collaboration everywhere. So that's the TLDR version. I love that. And also, I feel like, <laughs> oh my God, if we brought this up earlier, I feel like we would have spent the last hour talking about this. Yeah. I think it's so, so cool. Because I know I'm pretty sure it was probably used sharing it on Twitter, but like I did see the 24 hour event and I was like, I think it was in the car. It's like my mom's in like the healthcare field. So she works as a nurse. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, so she's a theatre nurse and I was telling her about it. I was like, isn't this the coolest thing? They're going to be like, we're... she's like, that is cool. Like, can you send me the link? I'm like, look at this. <laughs> like, getting people involved outside of the tech. But Wait, your mom yeah. would work in MR tech for healthcare. That would be amazing. Wouldn't like, that be secret to turn you... around? <laughs> I don't... I'm like, oh, is this where I'm going? Maybe I will. We will keep you updated about where that goes. <laughs> I might get my mother to become a techie yet. <laughs> yes, yeah, Doctor Mom, <laughs> using mixed reality. <laughs> I love that. It's just oh, it'd be such a great turnaround. But look, we will try and wrap it up here. I am so so glad that you came around and we had this great little chat. And I've got to find out all these random things that we apparently have never actually discussed before, which is great. Like, this is the kind of ideas that I wanted yeah. to talk about and, like, all the different parts of your life. I'm very thankful that you said yes to doing this with me. Of course. Thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm so excited that you're starting this podcast. There's just so many great people you are going to meet along the way. And, you know, thousands of people listening and hopefully will feel inspired to go follow their dreams because of the platform you have created. So thank you for being a human of IT. <laughs> that was a perfect ending. And I love the fact that you mentioned that. And I mean, selfishly, yes, it's just like I want to meet really cool people and just chat to them, like a little bit of that. But I think. I just find these kind of things really motivating. So I'm like, myself, I'm like hoping, I'm like, oh my God, I've heard this. I'm like, will this motivate me for the rest of the day now to get like a lot of stuff done? I'm like, yes, this will be perfect. <laughs> this <laughs> is that, your legacy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God, I love this. What a legacy to leave behind. <laughs> but perfect. Right, we'll log off there. Thank you so much for being here and we shall catch up soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining in on the first episode of Pats Uncovered. I had an absolutely amazing time talking to Shauna and I hope you enjoyed listening to it just as much. The next episode will be up in about two weeks time and it'll be featuring Jason Van Tome, who is a musician turned data scientist with one of the most fascinating careers I've ever seen. Um, I would love absolutely any feedback that anyone might have. Um, I am reachable on Twitter and social media at Pat's Uncovered or at a Contra Malig. Please reach out. I'm always more than happy to hear from people. And now it's time for some shameless self-promotion. It would be amazing um, if people would share this on. This is very much a kind of grassroots um, setup. And you never know just whom a career in tech might resonate with and you might inspire them. So on that note, thank you for listening to me and Shana. And I'll hopefully see you again in two weeks time. Bye.